0: Hey, what do you got there? This is the new Ping G430 Max 10K driver. It's next level, I'll tell you. It's so impressive. We all know that Ping help you play your best. I've been using them for years. I wouldn't use anything else. In fact, this new driver, it's Ping's straightest and highest moment of impact driver ever. Holy moly. So on the course, what's that going to mean? How's it going to help golfers? Well, to put it simply, it means people are going to be hitting longer, Straighter, and they're going to absolutely crack their drives off the tee. I could talk about it all day. It's that good. But the best thing to do if you want to check out how impressive Ping's new G430 Max 10K driver is, just book in with your local golf shop or professional to arrange a Ping club fitting, and I'll see you out there with my Ping gear.
1: It's week 24 of the Golfing Calendar. And today, not only are we live from the Australian Golf Centre, home of the PGA of Australia and Golf Australia, but we're in the hallowed Peter Thompson room, surrounded by books, memorabilia, and, well, Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. Eh, Two out of three ain't bad.
2: So here we are in the Peter Thompson room, about to get rolling. Pop quiz, how many Australian Opens did Peter Thompson win, Nick? He won three,
0: Mark, yeah. How many New Zealand Opens? Ooh... It was close to 10, right? It was nine. It was a lot. It
2: was nine. Yeah, it was nine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're in his room here at uh, the Australian Golf Centre, which is, uh, you know, we're really lucky to do the podcast here every week. We're in front of this beautiful bookcase as well. Mm. and. I've been here for a while, and I can't see your book in there, Nick. So
0: no, I'm going to what take what the hell's th- going on. There's a lot of books in there, and <laughs> I think I'm going to take a wide-angle uh, shot and then just go through each one and have a look. I might have to slip one in there
2: <laughs> or two. <laughs> hey, stacks to talk about, and I do want to get to Brandel Chambly, What we saw on the TV yesterday, a lot of people really keen to see how Brandel would handle this situation, and he had his own forum today um, from the U.S. Open. Uh, so I want to get to that as well. Mm. But honestly, to see Nick Taylor do what he did to win his home championship, and they haven't won, they haven't won one for eons or something. A Canadian hasn't won the Canadian sixty nine years to be exact for so so long. <laughs> so uh, you know, you saw it, but I just want to ask you: if you're not a U.S. citizen, mm. or if you're not a, uh, a British citizen. You've actually always got five majors if you're a professional golfer, I, I, I think, because the Australian Open was always you know, the big one for me, that one in the Australian Masters to a lesser extent. But you got close a few times.
0: Oh, you're reminding me of bad things now, Mark. How many yeah, times uh, did
2: you come second? Well, uh,
0: three, runner-up three times. But one year I was... Leading pro, you got the you got the biggest check. (laughs) I got well. Greg Norman and I split it in '99 when Aaron Baddeley won at Royal Sydney. So uh, yeah, it was a tough one. I I had a really good chance in 2007. That was the one, but then Craig Parry got me. But um, yeah, yeah, as you you spot on, five majors. If you're a non-US or British person, Um, for us Aussies, it's, it's. Pretty simple. I mean, yeah. it's the four majors and then the Australian Open. Really, that's that's kind of the pecking order.
2: So did you ever taper for Australian Opens and, and the majors? I mean, I hear stories about other players and they get all their practice done the week beforehand. You, you, I know Phil Mickelson has been to the LA Country Club on Saturday and Sunday uh, before this week and and uh, had a bit of a look around. And I know he does a lot of his tapering. Jack Nicholas used to, mm. or Tiger used to always take the week off beforehand, the practice. So did Jack. He would take the week. Off the practice, was there room in the schedule of a modern schedule when you were playing to, to somehow taper? for In in my schedule,
0: not particularly. I mean, I I definitely put an emphasis on them. I knew they were they were coming, and I would like with Augusta National, for instance. I'd do a lot of practice off sloping lies Mm. in the weeks leading up, and every now and then, I. I mean, the beauty about Augusta was we would play the Houston Open the week before, and they'd shave the course down pretty similar, so it was Mm. a great week to play the week before. British Opens, it's pretty hard to do unless you take trips over beforehand, and I wasn't in that position when playing the US too. I used to do it when I was playing the European to it Mm. like I would go play the venues beforehand you know weeks in advance because I knew where I was playing but uh when you're living in the U.S. it's much harder to do that for sure
2: now Um, I know when you know it was impossible for me at at my level professional golf to taper but if there was a tournament before the open Australian Open that I was mm. playing in I, I used to do all my practice hitting balls that week and settle on something so right. whatever I was, whatever I was doing, whatever I was thinking in the golf swing, I would make sure I'd settle on that the week before and then I would somehow freshen up just by doing short game uh, leading up and nine holes here, nine holes there and trying to stay fresh. And, and, and remarkably, I used to play my best golf with the Australian Opens. You wouldn't believe that in the million years. But I never really came close to winning a Tournament here in Australia, sure. but I used to play pretty well yeah. in the Masters and the Australian Open, and I, you know, I didn't miss too many cuts. I'm very, I'm really proud of that. And I used yeah. to always put it down to that—that that I would, whatever the tournament was beforehand. Yeah. When I turned up Monday on the Australian Open, I knew what I was doing. Perfect. I wasn't searching on Tuesday and Wednesday. That's fantastic. I think,
0: it, I, think I think it worked. I think you should take that into the Kingston Heath Club Championship <laughs> next time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's, all, that's all I got left.
1: Mark, you guys are two of pros. I'm an absolute
2: hack. When you say at your level you couldn't taper, what what do you mean? Uh, well, so for instance, Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods, what they would do is they would take a week off. I couldn't afford to take a week off. If there was a tournament before the Australian Open, I had to play. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah. I, I had to go and play. And and I think that's right for a lot of even tour pros in America probably. You know, if, if they somehow found themselves with an exemption to the US Open but had played poorly that year then they had to go and play the Canadian Open to try and get some points or to try and get some cash or whatever they were chasing at the time. Mm. And there's no opportunity to do what Tiger and and Jack and Greg and... Probably what these other players, a lot of players almost throw away the win and trying to get their swing right is yeah, what I read in a, about. In,
0: in a way, but, I mean, back when I was playing, we, we played a lot more than what they do now. That's yeah. the one thing. You know, That's we're true. playing high 20s, even low 30 events a year, whereas mm. now they're only probably playing 20, the low 20s, if that. So times have changed. Obviously the money drives a lot of that as well. They don't have to play as much. But um, anyway, what a win. Nick Taylor, oh. by the way, hold and, his longest part of his career. Not a bad time to do
2: it, by the way. <laughs> what Was it at the fourth playoff hole it at that was. stage? <laughs> and, and, and Tommy Fleetwood, I mean, to me it was just – he it it his... was incredible. It was Tommy Fleetwood trying to win for the first time mm. on the PGA Tour, and he's a multiple winner. Same with Nick Europe. Taylor, right? Yeah, or... and, and Nick Taylor trying to win his home open, yep. you know, his fifth major. Not much pressure there, all oh. the Canadians watching. How about the crowd? I mean, the crowd really got behind it. They understood the situation. They knew that you know this doesn't – yeah, you know, there's not much chance of this happening. Mm. What do you make of Fleetwood the way he played the 18th, the yeah. par five? So he's birdied 17, hit a beautiful
0: wedge shot in there, spun it back to three feet, and I thought, okay, let's close the door. You yep. hit this fairway and it is tournament over basically. But got a little ahead of it with the iron. You can almost see the mine ticking over yeah. just a split fraction too long and then he's in the light rough, the first cut, and the commentator on course, Colt Nost, is going – the grains with him, I think, just chop the five wood up here, either they put it in the bunk or yeah. around the grain. He's got a great chance here. And when he pulled the iron out, I thought, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? And then to miss the fairway on the layup, all of a sudden he's going, I've got to try and figure out a way to make five here. So it was a good yeah. par in the end, but that was his chance. Yeah. And he didn't take it.
2: Yeah. I think – with the chop the five wood out, with all the stands around the yeah. hole, there is no way you can make a six unless you completely implode. Yeah. Because even if you hit it into the grandstands, you drop it out in the front, which and is chip what it he, on. Which
0: is what he did in the first playoff hole. He hit it way right and then he chopped it, you know, chipped yeah. it back on and had and then it made Birdie. He ended up holding a long putt, I must admit that was an incredible putt. And then for Taylor to hold it in on top of him. But then <laughs> three <laughs> okay, holes later, yeah. okay, it – they're back on this par five. Fleetwood pulls the iron this time yeah. into the bunker yeah. again. Colt Nost is going well. I, I think he can get five wood out of here and just knock it on it the was green. A beautiful lie. This is the time to do it because it's been raining. Yeah, it was a uh, perfect lie. It's nice and firm. And then he pulls an iron out and lays back Way, to about yeah. thirty or forty short of the green. I'm thinking, well, why don't you just try and knock it front edge if you're going to hit the iron? If not, get the firewood out again and hit it onto the green. And it was bizarre from that. I I really struggled with uh, his decision-making then. But, you know, he he obviously had a game plan. It's easy saying it from the cheap seats, watching it on TV. But uh, when you're trying to win your first tournaments, and one thing I've learned in playoffs is you have to be aggressive.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love watching Tommy Fleetwood play golf. Yeah. I love it. I, he's got one of the most gorgeous golf swings I've ever seen. He seems to tee to green, just it's incredible every single week. His putting's good, he's up there. If his putting's not so flash, mm-hmm. he's not up there. He, from tee to green, it's incredible. It's like every shot's a punch shot, isn't it? Every follow shot, through. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. The yeah. There it, um, it was a golfer, um, uh, you know, when he hit it 15 times in the water, the movie.
3: Oh, the Tim short cup, yeah, Tim that's right.
2: Team cup had the short follow through because yes. he never finished anything in his life, right? <laughs> that's what, that was part of the movie, uh, uh, and it, it's almost a little bit of that. And the grip down. Now I've seen a few players really choke down, and Tommy Fleetwood's one of these guys. Mm. I mean, I don't know. How, I don't know whether his clubs are standard length. I've got no idea, but yeah. to me, it looks like when he's holding it down, it looks shorter than normal, and his arms are hanging so low.
0: Yeah. Maybe he's just got long arms or something like that. I mean, on the women's side of the game, Brooke Henderson does the same thing with her driver, but I think her driver's a bit longer than standard. That's right.
2: Uh, Kim used to – Anthony, Kim used to – uh, he could have done that, yeah. I but he had longer an clubs, would you believe? He actually mm. got his clubs made longer so he could grip down the standard length. It looked
0: for a while there, the finish of this tournament, I was watching the leaderboard, it looked like a, you know, we have the Olympics now with golf, it looked like the Commonwealth Games because we had, yeah, that's right. we had a Canadian and then the next three on the list were all English. And I'm thinking this is fascinating watching this, but... Um, yeah, it was just it was very disappointing up in that regard for Fleetwood, but Taylor. And then the highlight—the highlight was afterwards Hadwin charging <laughs> on the green with the champagne. The security guard just gave him the good old Fabulous clothesline, tackle. pushed him down into the green. It was hilarious. Yeah, and
2: then the players running. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. He's one of us.
0: He, he's. He, I've, I've noticed he's done some stuff on social media about yeah. training for next season. He's doing the football training. Yeah, and yeah, He saw that. And
2: did you see what the USGA put in his locker when he turned up at LA Country Club? Oh, what was that? They put this, uh, like, a fluoro top on. So, yeah, it was like, <laughs> like he's, he's one of us. So We're the fluoro top and, you know, he won't get tackled this week. The other thing that went, I think, a bit
0: unnoticed, uh, whether the commentators uh, made the point or not, but uh, Nick Taylor was four over through 16 holes in round one. Yeah. Shot 75 in the first round. And then he shot 17 under from there. So he's 20 under the last three rounds. I mean, that is incredible yeah. golf that, to come up, back and then win your National Open.
2: That's up there with John Rahm putting the first at Augusta. At Augusta and yeah. then going no, on the win, uh, the Green on. Jacket. Yeah. Incredible. Well, we saw yesterday, Brando Chambly put his head up for the very first time. And I've got to hand it to him. He didn't back down one bit. I mean, I, I didn't know what he was going to do, where he was going to look. He was pretty pragmatic mm. about the situation, but still says, you know, the worst thing to happen in golf or something like that. And now what the second worst thing would be that if the deal doesn't go through. No, he said this is the second worst thing, what's happening now. He
0: said the worst thing is if the deal doesn't Doesn't go go through. through. And his reasoning behind that is, and well, again, I don't know exactly, but what I'm thinking is – The PGA Tour have shown their hand now. They've shown their hand of, okay, we were in a position that we're a bit vulnerable. If they did go down the lawsuit side, they'd have to keep paying all that, obviously, so they're running out of money in that regard. But I've also heard there might be some things in Discovery that they don't want coming out, and the same on the other side. They don't want things coming out at the same time. So if this doesn't go through, let's just put that hat Mm -hmm. on for a moment, what happens to the PGA Tour with their players? Their players are now going to go, hang on. You said we shouldn't take the money and stay loyal. All of a sudden you said... Now you're saying we could do it, but if it doesn't go through, then they're going to go, okay, we might just take the money and go and live, might be going, we're going to get all these other players coming over. Thank you very much.
2: That is right. If it doesn't go through now, then... The PIF has got all the cards Mm. sitting right there. Now, Paul McGinley, who was uh, sitting right next to Randall Chambly, he made this point and he said it's been missed, and to be honest, I missed it completely. The agreement between the PGA Tour and the PIF is an agreement to come to an agreement. Yeah, non-binding, I think, at the moment. It is Mm. non-binding. Yep. So, look... I'd be staggered if it. I'd be staggered if they don't. Yeah. Well, when you
0: when you got those other two guys, Jimmy Dunn and Hurley, uh, that that fella uh, as Gee, well. Do they rate
2: but, Jimmy Dunn, Don't they? they? They do. They rate him so highly. Yeah.
0: And he's almost he's coming out, done a lot of media, and he's putting yeah. his reputation a bit on the line here. So if this doesn't get done, I'll be very very surprised. And the whole antitrust lawsuit thing, yeah. they must know some things that other people don't.
2: Yeah. So sure. if you don't know who Jimmy Dunn is, he's on the policy board of the PGA Tour, and. The people on the PGA Tour side anyway, they have him in the highest regard and he's very close to Ian Baker Finch and Mm -hmm. it's got back to me that Finchie – you know, he's backing this fella. He is? Okay. He, he's completely, he's backing in. Well, if you're in. a friend of
0: Finchie, well, he must be a good bloke because as oh, we uh, know with Finchie, that's he's, right. well, he's one of the nicest guys ever.
2: He's actually so nice you want to whack him <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> Finchie. Maybe <Yeah>. he's Canadian.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't have one apologise to the security guard. That, that, that's uh, what his wife said or something like that. But, um, so
2: I've got some questions that in this room, Ali, you can answer. Okay. All righty. So not all the Lib golfers were tour-worthy. Right, correct. In fact, I would say half of them weren't PGA Tour ready to go. No, okay. you weren't. So Chase Kepka, for one, he's never going to be there. Um, probably our guys as well. Some of the uh, some of the Australian players probably. Uh, well, well, yeah, I mean, you know, you know. Yeah, I, I know a yeah, couple that, that
0: we, talking we're talking about.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. so they, they they're not PGA Tour friendly, um, and I did say last in the episode in our in our bonus pod that there was going to be a system of how do these players get back onto the PGA tour and it was going to be like a rush now a rush thing is um, a fraternity term in college in America to where if you want to join this fraternity you're coming into a room and then depending on whether the brothers <laughs> in kappa 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 want you to come in okay you know you've you've got a pass their test, whatever that may be. okay. So there's a bit of a... So So it's a bit
0: of a popularity
2: contest. Well, it is. Right. So the big boys are in, right? So Bryson, you know, all the big boys, they come walking straight back in, Taylor Gooch straight back in. You'd think, I'd be surprised because... So this is why I'm asking you because to me it's automatic that they come straight back in. No,
0: I don't think so. Whoever the 11 were that left the tour... Withdrew, you know, took their yep. names off, the, withdrew their membership and then decided to sue the PGA Tour. I don't know the exact names. I haven't got that list in front of me. But I'd say they're probably back of the line, right? Yep. They're, they're at the bottom. Yeah, And then the rest who really haven't said much when they left, they said, look, we're going for the money like a Dustin Johnson, a Harold Varner. Didn't put their name to the lawsuit. Well then, sure, they can sort of come back in at some stage. But I don't think it's going to be straight away. I think there'll be like a gradual six. Look, you got to sit six months out or a year out or something like that. I again, I'm only speculating, but uh, gee, I can't see the that, players. Having... Ooh, well, the, you, you could be right because the man who's writing the checks now yeah, uh,
2: has influence.
0: The chairman of the PIF, he he has obviously a lot of influence about what's going on, and that's the big discussion point at the moment. Is you know one of these terms that came up is. Saudis now own golf. I mean, that's a very vague term, obviously, but tell
2: you what, Well, they've definitely got a seat at the they've table.
0: They've got the seat at the table that they wanted um, and they're – all throughout sport, as we know. the w- Actually, yeah. just what happened, which I – was, and, and good luck to him. Lionel Messi just turned down, what, $1.5 billion yeah, dollars or something for in a Miami. few years. Good so on you. gone to play in Miami. Well, so. Why wouldn't you, by the way?
2: <laughs> Nothing wrong with Miami. No, it's Oof, a great what spot. What a place.
0: S- southern pl- – yeah, yeah. Donald yeah. Trump's there, right? So you can. going – You're going knock <laughs> oh. <laughs> <So> go on, <laughs> on right? his door. It <laughs> was a red car. Oh, sorry,
2: yeah. No. <laughs> I'm not a Republican, don't worry. <laughs> Oh, dear. We went there. But but why wouldn't you? You know, why wouldn't you do that? But if you're Lionel Messi, you'd go... But for these other players to come back, what tournaments are they playing? Because I think a lot of them, when they did go to live, and I saw Sergio Garcia talking, one of the reasons he went to live is to play a shorter schedule and Mm. play in whatever majors he had left. Now... You know, not everybody gets this. It used to be... That was probably
0: third or fourth on his priority list, <laughs> by the way.
2: <laughs> it used to be once upon a time that, it was, you know, I needed to play, what, 13 events and and that was the... On tour the US was 15, 15. minimum. 15, okay. So yeah. I remember back in the Greg Norman days it was 13. Okay. So Greg Norman used to play the bare minimum of tournaments and win the money list every second year or whatever. He, it was incredible. Then it's gone up to 15. Seve Belosteiros was always fighting that he wanted to be a tour member, but he didn't want to play... You know, the thirteen events he just wanted to to play. Yep. The thirteen events, the way it's structured at the moment, after what Liv did last year then everyone had to play a little bit more. Mm-hmm, I, I don't know what the number was, but it would get up to something like 19 or 20, including yeah, well, they, the majors.
0: they have 14 live events scheduled yeah. and then you add on the four majors, there's 18, and then they're also, it seemed they were playing a couple others like the Saudi yeah.
2: International and things like that. So. so I'll just put it, if it's Sergio Garcia doesn't want to play in the 20 events, but he's still getting paid by Live for another two years, <laughs> what happens to him? That's a good question. Um, will the live events continue on?
0: That's the next part about it. With the schedule, I I don't know. Um, No one really knows. Greg Norman seems to think it's going to keep going. He came out in the media and said, no, we're full steam ahead. Jay Monaghan and uh, the chairman uh, of the PIF may have other ideas. Again, this is all hopefully coming out in the next month or so. The PGA Tour Policy Board meet in two weeks, yeah. uh, June 27, to discuss all this. Now, it's still got to be approved by the Policy Board and all that going forward, so time will tell.
2: All right, so I, I've had a little bit of time to think. Okay. And it, and if I'm Jay Monaghan, there's only one way to do business. There, there, there is only one way, and that is – the World Golf Championship events become the PIF events, something like this. Mm-hmm. And let's say there's 12 of them. So you'll have live players who just want to play in those 12 and that's it, but they then wouldn't qualify tournament-wise to be a PGA Tour member. But they can play for the next two years anyway. Right. After that, they might have to change – the way they're going about mm. th- their business. The PGA Tour pretty much stays the same. And that means if you're a PGA Tour player, you still get to play in some of these World Golf Championship events. They've got to be a change name. So let's call them the Global Golf Championships, the GGCs. Sure. So the GGCs are the PIF events. And as standard, if you're a PGA Tour player and you qualify, you get to play in these huge events where there's been no cut.
0: Away you go? Kind of like what they're doing That's uh, right. next year with the designated events. Okay, yeah.
2: so we're all we're all square. So if some of these, play, let's say Taylor Gooch comes back next year and has a shocking year, a shocking year, because I think he's a good player.
0: Yeah, from what I saw. So let's Australia. say let's
2: say he has a shocking year next year, and all of a sudden he doesn't qualify <laughs> for the GGC PIF events. Right. What happens there? I guess he just. They just, you know, if the field's 72, the field's 73 this week because we're still <laughs> paying him money and he's still got a contract.
0: Yeah, that's a very good question, isn't it? I think they've, they've got to completely revamp their schedule and then somehow integrate it into the PGA Tour schedule. So, yeah.
2: so I reckon what's got to happen, there's got to be an integrated two years, but they've definitely in the next, you know, six months got to work out what 2026 looks mm. like moving forward and saying okay the next two years we're going to be all over the place they've got to come out and say it we, we are going to be everywhere it's not going to it's not going to make everybody happy here but in 2026 this is what it's going to look like <laughs> and and that's it you know what i think
0: what do you I don't actually really know what's going no, to happen at the moment they've just come either. to some sort of agreement said shook hands and said look we need to partner up here we'll figure the details out later
2: it's as simple as that maybe i did hear the boys talking about both tours were significantly weaker than what they wanted them to be, and I agree with that.
0: Yeah, they they were both a little watered down. Yeah, um, probably. Well, you had the names, the bigger names who are yeah. probably more past their peaks on yeah. the live tour. As we know, there were still a couple, obviously
2: still playing well, like Brooks and well, still still sensational names for Adelaide. Oh, incredible! Yeah, like for what we those. Well, because we haven't seen them down we just here haven't in seen forever. Them. Yeah, so, that's right. So, yeah. tour strength for yeah. Adelaide. But not tour strength for Washington, D.C., mm. say, or yep. Los Angeles or sure. Dallas or
0: whatever. Yep, yep. No, I agree. And, you know, on the PGA Tour, they, they obviously lost players they didn't want to lose. And, mm. and in a way, they lost players that make the PGA Tour more, um, what's the right word? kind of watchable, if you could say, where you have a Bryson and a Patrick Reed and a Brooks who are these sort of combative figures that love to stir up a bit of, you know, a bit of trouble here and there. And you have them going against Spieth and JT and Scheffler who are a bit more of the goody two-shoe types. Yeah. And... you need that sort of competitive edge, I think, going sport forward. Sport storylines. If, if story everyone's lines. nice, well, then let's all be happy and get yeah. along. It doesn't quite work that, that way. That
2: is exactly right. Right, and, and sport it needs storylines. It, it really does. You need it's the just to, to make things tick. Yep. To create some interests. You know, I always one of the great things that the U.S. Open or the British Open used to do, they used to pair players together that didn't necessarily want to be paired together. <laughs> Oh, Which did you we- see
0: the pairing this week for the U.S. Open? By the way, there's uh, Brooks oh, Koepka, yeah. oh. Morikawa, and McElroy playing together. Now that'll be a really good uh, yeah. threesome to watch. There, I've got
2: to. should we go through a few of the notables? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Are we going to do we- a bonus U.S. Open pod? Yeah, we. Well, yeah, we can do 10-15 we'll we minutes. Go. We'll see. How we go. I mean, if any if any news pops up, yep. let's do one be- before it starts. Yeah, but just. So, so you got Mickelson playing with Harrington and Keegan Bradley. No big deal. Tom Kinn, uh, Cameron Young and Thagala, Saheed. Mm-hmm. So Cameron Smith's playing with Sam Bennett, Mike Fitz, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, Dustin Johnson is playing with Keith, Keith Mitchell. love his swing. Uh, Sam Burns, uh, Tony Finau with Jordan Spieth and Patrick Cantlay, who used to have the course record at LA Country Club. He mm. had the sixty-two before Maxi came it? along mm. and shot sixty-one. Yeah. And Brooks Kepka, who probably will start the favorite, playing with Hideki and Rory McIlroy. Oh, it's
0: Hideki, not uh, Morikawa. Sorry.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's right. And just quickly, the Australians. Other Australians. Gary Woodland playing with Adam Scott and Corey Connors. I love that for Adam Scott. There's, mm. there's just that's just uh, it's a feature group, but not really a feature group, which I kind of like, yep. but still good enough to where we get a crowd. Indeed. Uh, and where's our Jason Day? There he is. Justin Rose, Ricky Fowler, Jason Day. Oh, beautiful. So that's a really nice one for him as Who's,
0: well. Uh, While well, you got it out, uh, yeah. if you can find Carl Phillips, because he won his no. qualifier.
2: No, I haven't got where he's starting. Oh, i only just got the notable Oh, you got pairings, the notables. Just okay. the notables. We'll, we'll set so up got, another time. Yeah, Xander Shoffley, Victor Hovland and John Rahm is the okay. other really big group that... Uh, We'd be looking forward to. It's the first time I've seen LA Country Club and I've only just seen the pictures and I tweeted out a flyover. So if you want to mm-hmm. go and have a look at every hole, go and have a look at every hole if you want to do that, which is really important. But it looked incredible.
0: It does. I, yeah. I,
2: I couldn't get For the middle of Los Angeles, I didn't realise it was in the middle of LA either. Uh, it's
0: like a George Thomas design back in, almost 100 years ago and he's one of the great yeah. architects. Didn't do a lot of golf courses, but one yeah. of the best and... Uh, it's got f- some fascinating par 3s. There are five par 3s. Two of them are over 280 yards, yeah, and one crazy. of them's under 125 <laughs> yards. Now, I played a par 3 at Oakmont back yeah. in 2007. That measured 299 yeah. yards in the practice round, and I was hitting little cut drivers and all this sort of thing. But uh, I think they shortened it to 275 for the actual tournament. But that's a long way. That's too. That's far. a long. Way. Although it is playing apparently that one of them is it like the thirteenth or something. It's playing eighteen yards downhill. So take that off. Yeah. Okay. Um, What's well,
2: so the longest bar three you've seen at a US Open that you actually played? Well, that was the one at was was,
0: Oakmont with the, no, the two hundred and ninety nine, which they turned into about two seventy five, two eighty. Yeah. But the thing about that is, and you know, hey, I am going to give my pl- my book a plug here we referenced it earlier yes. with the library we're sitting next well, to. It's a very good no. book. Par is irrelevant. Yes. If you call that a par four, you go, well, that's an easy par four. You yeah. call it a par three and you go, hang on, that's a tough hole. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. It's true. You could call a 500-yard hole a par three if you wanted. But yeah. everyone will just play it to their skill level. So, yeah, it makes no difference.
2: It's very, very true. Hey, we've got that much feedback. Uh, I think we better set ourselves, actually. Okay. Make sure you have a little – maybe you better have two party pies at the halfway house. We should do hours. some
0: results coming out of the after the turn as
2: well. All so. right, so we've got the feedback. Yep. We've got results. We've got a top five. Top Who's five? doing the top five? Day day? this week. It's top five US Open venues, my favourite. Okay. And then you've got a masterclass as well. Correct. I'll see you on the 10th day. Cheers. Now, if you haven't checked out the Golf Clearance Outlet, then you, I can guarantee you this, are missing out. And if you have, well, you know what we're talking about. Great time to drop in because with all the new equipment released in January, good old Sam at the Golf Clearance Outlet is licking his lips because the stores are chock full of 2023 branded clearance product. And you know, that was a hell of a year for golf equipment, Nick you spot on there, Mark.
0: There's heaps of gear for righties, of course, but as you know, I am a lefty, so there's a heap of gear for lefties Mm -hmm. as well and plenty for both men and women. And if you're after a great prezi idea, you can get gift cards in store or
2: online. So if you're looking for great golf gear and great prices, the Golf Clearance Outlet needs to be in your plans to go and check it out. See the team in store at Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth or online, golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. It's that simple, Nick. Can't wait. Hang on, hang on, Nick. I thought you were righty-putting now.
1: Oh, that's right. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Like the podcast? Maybe tell a friend. Drop them a text or share it on your socials. This is Talk Birdie to Me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen.
2: I'm loving doing this pod from the Peter Thompson room. I've got to say, I just went over and checked out one of those old golf bags, kangaroo skin. Look at it, and look at the little, look at the little airline bag that matches his golf bag. Mm, how good! Just beautiful. Yeah. And the Blazers and everything else in this room. It is fantastic. Oh. If you ever get an opportunity, come on down and have a look around. Still
1: can't find your book here
2: though, Nick. No. <laughs> Keep looking. It'll be there in about half an hour. <laughs> we'll come back next week and it'll be there. Okay, let's get to some of this uh, feedback. And a few people following our bonus pod on the big merger last week, that news. So Daniel Anderson has uh, sent through. Great. Listen, boys, I don't think it will have uh, issues from antitrust because Liv is not, a very lar- is not very large in the
0: USA,
2: hmm. Okay, I'm really interested to see, because we're talking about competitive, yes. and it's one of those Two big deals, you are not allowed to have a monopoly in America, um, was the PGA Tour a non-for-profit?
0: Not-for-profit, but they're yeah. forming now a, a for-profit that's entity right. with the PIF, yes, right. exactly. Right, so that's a so different ballgame. That's game. where it gets kind of interesting. Correct, Wayne. Um, right. Cameron, yes. uh, Cam Douglas- Now, it's not lasso, as I was saying (laughs) a couple of weeks ago, but Cameron says Jay has less credibility than $5 Rolex from Bali. A lot of anti-live golfers and commentators will need to scrape the deepest wells of to justify why they are okay and on board with this. Many should resign or retire.
2: Well, Cameron, if you saw uh, Brennan Chambly like we did, mm. there is no hint of that happening. <laughs> uh, Bahama Golf Pro, I like this guy. He's got a great Twitter account. Great pod. Let's hope Australia doesn't get ignored by this new tour. Live Adelaide proof Australians are desperate for world-class golf tournaments. Bahama Pro Golf, I reckon we're going to get looked after down here. I hope so. I'm yeah. absolutely I really hope positive.
0: So. It'll be great. And again, you could they could run a Series of events, I think after the FedEx Cup finishes September yep. October ish, yep. that would be beautiful.
2: Do them all down here; that'd be fantastic. Yep. And they anyway, don't have to count for anything, you know. No, they can just be they can be the global golf championships can and be whatever they the want. Top seventy can just fill their pockets mm. with cash.
0: Exactly. Right. Frio Harbor Master. That's from my old yeah. neck of the woods. Uh, I'm thinking the live group may have photos of people <laughs> in compromising positions,
2: hence the quick merger. <laughs> okay. There <laughs> yeah, well, we go. Uh, 50 million a year and legal fees might have just uh, hurried things along, Trio mm. Harbour Master. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Owen, uh, unfortunate for Adelaide, but it's more likely, more than likely, that the live events won't continue beyond 2023. Hopefully, the new entity, whatever its shape it takes, will have something out of this way, but don't hold your breath. Yes, we just covered that, and mm-hmm. I think it might be a live tournament next year but I reckon Adelaide will get one I'll be staggered if they didn't Mm. Uh, and Mabatazi.
0: almost guaranteed the new Saudi Golf Association will show Australia all the love the PGA did zero they'll need to recoup all their cash and that will be in the USA or Saudi Arabia I don't Mm. think they'll be recouping all that cash no Never. No,
2: no, no, anyway. there's not. Lee, that's uh, still waiting for a punchline. <laughs>
0: <laughs> fair call. Right, fair eh? call. All right, let me take this one because uh, this is a bit about lefty and righty. Yes. Now, Jamie Woolley, 49. We've been talking about the left versus right handed conversation. Hey guys, been thinking about the left handed and right handed chat. Just recently took up golf in the last six months as a righty, but I write left handed, play tennis as a lefty. And everything, but for some reason, picked up a club as a right-hander. Is there any benefit to switching to left-handed so my lead arm is not the lead arm? Thoughts? Cheers, guys. Love your work.
2: Well, I would say if you're hopeless playing the way you are, (laughs) then try the other way Mm. and see what happens. I would say
0: whatever, and again, this is around the putting side of things, whatever ball you roll the ball to the hole with, sorry, whatever hand you roll the ball to the hole with, that's the way you should putt. And I don't mind having your top hand as the dominant hand. So, my mm. right hand, for instance, is my dominant hand, and I play golf left handed. Mm. So, I'll, I think that's a good combo.
2: A lot of sense. sins. I'll, I'll get the list. Can you, Dan, remind me to get the list? There is a list out there of left handed people who play golf right handed who are stars. And you won't believe the names on this list. Mm. You, you will not believe and them. <laughs> uh, now, Keegan joined the masterclass inspired by Denny McCarthy last week and said, uh, Got had the same issue. Brad Hughes's down on the board now I've heard mm. about Brad Hughes's down on the board but so I don't know I. what it is and all of a sudden better shots more room etc cetera, etc cetera.
0: I've seen a video of it and it's a it looks you know like a I don't mm. know whatever length it is but you basically squeeze it together with your with your feet and yeah. as you're swinging through it keeps that trail leg as you were saying mm. down a little longer and Hey, it was all, that was a great masterclass you did, by the way. So, very, very impressive. <laughs> well,
2: well, now we've got some feedback on your
0: masterclass uh, well, from the Divots. Okay, from the Divots. Marky Mark, should be a free drop like I play social with my friends. Yeah, I don't okay. mind. If you're playing social, no, social golf, go yeah. your
2: hardest and take yeah. it out of whatever you like. And Put then, on a good line in the bunkers, do <laughs> everything.
0: <laughs> and Gary Murray, do you know what, Nick? Players should be able to replace the ball as they shouldn't be penalised for others. Ignorance, especially at club level. Again, social golf, I think that's certainly a way to do it.
1: In comps, there might be another story. Yeah. A lot of feedback this week. We do. Is it this one? What's okay. that? You tell me.
2: Is it, yeah, uh, let's go this bloke
1: here. This bloke here wants to give you guys a bit of a whack. Oh, oh there, there we go. Who's with yeah, this one. Okay. That's, Mark perfect. Elmos.
2: I told you to leave these off. <laughs> do you want to read it or do you want me to? <laughs> Uh, I'll have a go. Uh, I love the show. Where's the, What are you talking about? Uh, I ridden. love the banner and the stories. I look forward to listening each week. Mark and Nick are so natural. I do think they could tone down their lack of respect <laughs> for Liv and obvious bias to the USPGA. Tour. It seems to them as if Live has no real gravitas, just a good time league. For example, the highlight of Live for them is a Caddy's pay packet. <laughs> yeah, well, it's still my highlight. <laughs> Mark even said, "I don't want to speak about Taylor Gooch." Uh, they said uh, they say good things about Live, but only in context uh, about the entertainment value, not to its golf. I still think the fields for Live are pretty strong, with only the USPGA having stronger fields and the Masters showed Live golfers more than held their own and did way better than any other tour. So they keep the mockery down, it will be even better. (laughs) Well, it's It's half a whack. It's 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 a a, a semi-whack. That's all right. No, well, I I prefer the PGA Tour than I do live. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I I don't think I'm the Lone Ranger there. I'm
0: of a similar boat. I think, you know, we've said all along, if you're playing for history, you go PGA Tour. If you're more in it for the, For the money and uh, something different, like an exhibition style golf, well then it's live. Go your hardest, righto. Also, Glenn wrote to us on Facebook and said, uh, "G'day, gents. Love the show. Best golf pot on Spotify. Straight up, my 13 year old son and I love live. It is the future or a derivative of it. I'm on the goats." He's on the Rippers, so the he's, Goat Rangers and the Rippers.
2: The Rippers, he's, he's not having much fun. Uh, no. <laughs> they last or second last, last every five. week.
0: Now, he's got a few questions here, so I'm yeah, just right go it. through a few. Some things that live have got 100% right. That should be encouraged. Pace of play, four and a half hours. Yes, yeah, tick, I agree with that. Tick. Shotgun finish. Doesn't just fizzle out at the end of each day. I actually don't mind the shotgun finishes in the rounds one and two. Yeah. Okay, keeps the pace of play with all everyone going. And yes. then on the weekends go back to the normal, traditional, as, as you would. But the thing is, the thing I'm not sure about with the shotgun, and I've been waiting for it to happen on the live to it, hasn't happened as yet, is if someone starts on the second or third hole yeah. and they finish, you know, on the first they or shoot the second... 60 or and whatever, and they win the golf tournament, well, no one's yeah. there. They're all at the grandstands on 18. Yeah. So I'm waiting for that to happen. So I can see some merit in it, but maybe just not in the last round, for example.
2: Yeah, rounds one mm. and two, no yeah. worries. But after that, let's uh, do what we've always done and have a crescendo there you, around ooh, the 80s. I like that word, yeah, crescendo. Think, okay, think, okay. Think, he's think, also... Don't ask me how to spell <laughs> it.
0: Yeah. Glenn's also gone on to say, okay, team's aspect keeps interest all the way through. All birdies and, and all bogeys matter right to the end. Um, yeah, the team aspect is something I quite... Quite like, and there's shows some merit. Uh, it looks okay. like the
2: PGA Tour are going to take that one on board it too. Seems from what we way. understand mm-hmm.
0: Having watched much golf now, I now struggle to watch PGA Tour. There is so much missed while looking at the leaderboard or listening to a sponsored talk. Groups that shoot low but aren't seen all day. Yeah, yeah.
2: That, that's that. That's a little bit of how many cameras you can't have a camera crew following each group yeah it is, and quite often when this when you say hang on a second this blokes under through 12 holes you run a camera out there and he slows down and yeah that's, <laughs> and true. that's the
0: end of it and at the end of the day yeah. you know they are looking after their commercial responsibilities by getting okay. the sponsors to have a chat but i usually turn off when that happens anyway okay live should be the olympic format with individual and team medals don't mind that i like that Yep, yep that is good don't Time? mind that I think that's definitely a goer. Time to open up the game with speed, interest and full-on atmosphere.
2: Um, Gee, there was full-on atmosphere at the Canadian well, Open there last certainly week. was, yeah. And there'll be full-on atmosphere at the US Open this week. They do need to speed the game up, though, for sure. Uh, okay, yeah, what so else? Hang on, just quickly. Yes. Take the line off the ball. <laughs> one. Uh, and uh, 30, well, It should be 40 seconds for the first and 30 seconds for the next two, not yep. 50 seconds and 40 and 40. Mm-hmm. Just get those two things right yep. and you'll probably clean up 15, 20 minutes around without even trying. Happy days. And Glenn,
0: thank you for all these questions, but he finishes his feedback with what about an Oz Series live with state versus state for the local guys? Go goats and go team Vic. <laughs> <laughs> get outside of the square right, jets. Then, Love you.
2: Have a think about that. You and I did um, quite a bit of the commentary yes. for the Australian season. Is there room for team events in our Australian tour, just the smaller ones. I think there could be. Why not? What do you think? Well, yeah. it wouldn't be silly. You could bookend it at the start and at yeah. the end maybe. All right. Well, Something like that. I know the big boys listen to this podcast. Mm. So, well, Glenn, you, you might get your wish. And just finally, can I just give this one out there too? Andrew Kirby, who... Um, Well, he was my main rival, Andrew Kirby, uh, when I was 14, 15, 16 years old. (laughs) Back in the day. It was him and I. But his dad was, you know, someone really high up in golf in Victoria. And his dad um, got an amazing award at the King's birthday, the OAM. So, well done. Uh, to Dick Kirby, his name's Richard Kirby, but everyone calls him Dick Kirby. He has done so much for the game of golf in Victoria, it's not funny. Uh, I know that David Greenhill has been pushing this along as well from the from Golf Victoria these days. So well done to David Greenhill and well done to Dick Kirby because mm. what you've done, I'm not even going to read it all out, but the, it is ridiculous how much he has done. uh, For golf in Victoria So it's been great So Andrew Say congratulations To your dad for us Unless of course Dick's listening Dick if you're listening Well done Um, Okay Dickie Give us some results That we haven't been Talking about if you could Well Just just the good ones Yeah just
0: the good ones Okay (laughs) Well they're all good ones But anyway But I, I, we got to mention the Aussies who played the Canadian Open. Harrison Endicott, yes, leading Aussie, they're tied for twelfth. That was a great oh, uh,
2: effort for him. I thought he was tenth last time I checked yeah, the leaderboard. He, board, just he was tenth. The
0: outside. Yeah, Bugger. but that, that gets his um, projected FedEx Cup. Uh, up to 113, so that's good for him.
2: What sort of a check? Around 400,000 UIs? No. Nah, 300,000? It, it wasn't a
0: designated, was it? No. So, no, it'd be probably a couple hundred maybe. A couple hundred. Something like that's that. not bad. Goes in the coffers. Like. Well done. Uh, Sue Oh on the LPGA Tour, the ShopRite LPGA Classic in New Jersey. Good Sue tournament. finished tied sixth. A very good event. Uh, South Africa's and, by the way, Australian Open champion, Ashley Buhai. Yes who won our Australian Open down here uh, before Christmas. She had a one-shot win over South Korea's Hoju Kim, but I watched the end of that tournament. hoo had about a 30, 40-metre pitch shot on the last. Yeah. Needed to hole it for an eagle to get and? in the playoff and inches. I mean, it oh, was you she He hit a beautiful shot, a couple of bounces, checked up. Oh, How good. It was such a good shot. Uh, we had an interesting event on the DP World Tour, the Scandinavian Mixed. You know yes. how they're copying our yeah, system down here. Dale Whitnell had a three-shot win. Uh, over US Sean Crocker The best female was Anne Van Dam She was someone Who you didn't mention In one of your best swings By the way No Have you seen it, her
2: swing it? But hang on If I had a top best names uh, top <laughs> oh, <one>. yes <laughs> Anne Van Dam He's Anne our Van Van number
0: one Anne Van Dam What a yeah. name uh, For sure uh, well, El-
2: can- Hang on Elvis Smiley well. would be up there yeah, as well Elvis would be up there as well Yeah okay. for sure I'll On go-
0: the Epsom Tour China's uh, Si Yun Liu. Yeah. One shot went over a New Zealander. Yeah. Amelia Garvey. Nice playing by the Kiwi. But Cassie Porter. Ooh, uh, what's tied, she doing? Tied for eighth As well as Robin Choi So that was really good effort by her Come on Cassie I want to see you rise to the top A mm. couple of quick ones Steve Stricker He just keeps rolling on that Champions Tour Mate and he
2: keeps rolling into this podcast as well. Every <laughs> single week Five
0: shot win over Steve Orker and Paul Broadhurst uh, A hometown win for him He's been trying to win this event for yeah, a while okay. So, But Rod Pampling uh, Tied for 22nd And Richard Green Defended defended his jersey legends title on the dp legends tour so greeny he's playing well he just needs to to take that form over to the united states mm. he's playing the champions tour
2: <laughs> all right well done okay time for the top five and this week it is the top five u.s open venues now mm. i never played in the u.s open mm-hmm. but can i say I was that close in a qualifying one year really? and I got screwed <laughs> by a bloke called David Ogren. Do you know, have you I, heard of this I name? I know the name, yep. So I was playing on the uh, Nike tour and I made the cut where I was playing so I didn't get a practice round. And we're in Washington, it's a 36-hole qualifying and I've shot seven under in the first round, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. Like if you shoot seven yeah. under, you've just got to shoot two well, under and you're through. Yep. Anyway... I'd never seen the second course, so I played with David Ogren. On the first course, he was helping me all the way. Oh, okay. But so, I'd I, I, when, when, I, when I say help, is that allowed, by the way? When I say <laughs> when I say help, I would I was watching what he would do. Yeah, okay. All right. And there was one particular hole in the morning when I was going really well. I was about six hundred at this stage, and I had took the driver out, and David went and took an iron out. I thought, "What's he doing that for?" Anyway. I went and got the three wood, okay. and I'm lucky if I hit the driver. I would have gone too far I was a dog leg, and I just couldn't right. I couldn't pick it because. <laughs> You know, I was just going off the off the yardage markers on the sprinklers. I didn't know runouts and stuff. So he was kinda helping me like that. And then in the afternoon he probably pulled the the driver out. In the afternoon, you guessed it. You absolutely guessed it. And here I am. I'm about I'm one on the par I've got four holes to play. One of them's a par five. I'm thinking, you know, I must be right there on the bubble. Yeah. It's another dog leg. And I'm looking at him and I've got my driver, right? <laughs> I'm looking at him and he wouldn't do anything and I've just belted this driver right down the middle, flew straight to the tea tree, made oh, a seven, no. missed by about three shots. Oh, oh. no. No, it's all So David's David Ogren's a mongrel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, top five. U.S. Open venues, and I've ticked a few of these off with you because you've okay. had much more experience playing in U.S. Opens. But this is just from my sure. point of view from watching Oakmont, hardest golf course I've ever played. And I want to see those church pews in real life one day. Mm. I want to go and check them out. The, oh, ch- the church pew uh, per- uh, fairway traps,
0: magnificent. So he- here is a little story about yeah, Oakmont for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Coming down the seventy-second hole, I don't know if I've told you this story yeah. before. Middle of the fairway, yeah. uh, Wilbur, my caddy, has gone, next. Nick- we are waiting for the group ahead, you know, to yeah. clear the green. He says, Nick, you played pretty well this way. I said, yeah, I felt like I have. He says, you're 15 over, par." <laughs> <laughs> I said, I know, but 15 over finished about 20th. That's how oh, hard the golf course was. It was a it? joke.
2: All right, so Oakmont's at my number five wing foot. Now, I just love the name. Oh, yeah. I love the course. I love that Jeff Ogilvy won mm. there, and I love that you finished top ten that week yeah. as well.
0: Well, I was, uh, if I'd have parted the back nine, I would have been in a playoff
2: with Jeff. Yeah, so Wingfoot's foot's up there. Now, this is going to be controversial, but what I've seen of LA Country Club so far, I'm going to pop it in at number wow. three. Okay. I think this venue is going to be a cracker. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason they haven't been playing US Opens here or many USGA events is because the committees at the LA members. Country Club, they just mm. didn't want they yeah. didn't want anything. That's they were shame. happy doing what they were doing and stuff Yeah, everybody else.
0: I, we had the, I had the Walker Cup there about six years ago and I think Scheffler and Spieth and those guys might have been playing it. So. Right. Mm. Well, yeah, Not uh, Spieth, sorry.
2: Uh, Paul McGinley, who... I've been mean, listening to it. He reckons it's very Australian as well, the way it sets up now. So mm. it's wider off the tee. There is room. Bit more uh, runoffs. Bit yep. more runoffs. It's quite hilly. It's, it's, got, it's got a beautiful rolling yep. style from one hole to the next.
0: And they got one of those favourite words that they love over there, Baranka. Uh, that's, that's, the, that's, that's all you're going to hear over there? there.
2: That's the dry riverbed. Yeah. There, there's about, like there's that. a whole bunch of them, yeah. dry riverbeds. I love but, saying that name, mate. <laughs> the Baranka. <laughs> Righto. Pebble Beach. Oh, yeah. Pebble Beach Love is it. my number two. Love it. Um, anytime we're playing at Pebble Beach, just the weather. And yeah. the golf we saw Tiger Woods play in 99, it was on mm. the other night on Foxtel. I watched it. Yeah, He was I used to I told you I used to stay on me.
0: the 13th hole there in the house across. <laughs> Did you? Looking over the bay. It was, it was very tough, let me tell
2: you. <laughs> That's about a $30 million <laughs> job, was it?
0: Something. Uh, keep going, I think. Yeah, keep yeah, going. Crazy.
2: And my number one. Oh God! Greg Norman could have won here as well, but oh. uh, Corey Pavin ended up beating him. Hit the forward. Shinnecock Hills mm. looks
0: magnificent. I never played Shinnecock, unfortunately. That one uh, skipped me. But Retief Goosen won around there too, right? Retief had mm. a win
2: there. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of the ones I know. Uh, Corey Paven had a win there. Raymond Floyd. Oh yeah, had that was a win there. Eighty
0: six. Yep. Yeah, Norman should have won twice around there. Yeah, yeah, that was when he had the Saturday Slam, right? Yes,
2: that is correct. Crazy. <anbul Sounds> anyway, now
0: that's a good top five. Well done there. Right, right, thank then.
2: you. Uh, it is time for
0: the Masterclass. Yes, and this week it is my masterclass. So as we've got the format worked out now, Mark, so we're yes. going to we rotate these things. It's next balanced. week you got a, i got the top five next week. But uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about what we saw on the final hole at the Canadian Open, the masterclass. will be a little bit about that when you hit the drive in the rough. Fleetwood, he had the chance to take the five wood out, but he didn't. He decided to hit the iron. Um, Taylor, when he was in the rough, he took the hybrid and hit these little knuckleball sort of shots. Yeah. That's a great club for when you're in this sort of first or longish grass. The reason the firewood or the hybrid is so good is because it has that uh, flatter sole, much wider, much longer and it just goes through the grass a little bit easier but the key to hitting those shots with the hybrid or the firewood is to come into it a little bit steeper, almost a bit like the divot masterclass I did last week where you put the ball back a touching your stance lean a bit of weight into your front leg come into it a bit steeper and just trust the fact that the loft on the club, you don't want to do it with the three wood, you want to, as high a lofted wood you've got or hmm. a nice high uh, lofted hybrid, that's why hybrids are great for out of this sort of stuff. Now You can take the conservative option use the wedge and things, and that's probably the best play for most people. But if you feel like you want to take it on a bit, get one of those clubs out. Like I play down at the National a lot. They've got some of this longish grass. It's a great club for out of there down there. Mm. So uh, I'll post a video on it uh, a little bit later in the socials, and hopefully next time Tommy hits the uh,
2: the five wood. Do you open up just a fraction in these situations with a wood, or does it only – you know, the club phase roll over mm. in the thick rough when there's there's a hosel.
0: Well, yeah, that's the thing about taking the irons out of the thick rough. If you take two, not not enough loft. That's why you want a lot of loft on it, but you got to hang on a bit tighter as well, whereas the fairway woods, it doesn't wrap over as I much. I agree with you. I think opening up... That's not a bad idea as well, but then you got to make sure you aim a little bit further yeah. left as a right-handed golfer. Michael Block to, style. Yes, exactly. But experiment with it, but it's a great club. Just chop down into it. Don't be afraid to take a divot. If you come into it shallow, then the club will get wrapped up. So much steeper angle of attack.
2: Dan's just told me that we're doing a bonus pod for the US Open. So I'll see you later in the week. Fantastic.
1: Nick Hearn and Mark Allen's podcast, Talk Birdie to Me, live today from the Peter Thompson room at the Australian Golf Centre, home of the PGA of Australia and Golf Australia. we we'll you be to your podcasts. If you can, we'd love you to rate and review the pod. That'd be really helpful. Talk Birdie to Me's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media. Sound design by Daryl Misson
3: at loudzebra.com.